Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Hey, good afternoon. It's me, Graham Farmer, and welcome back to Twitch. And today I've got a friend. I've got Hello. Sh- shit friends. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've, got, I've got shit friends. And it's Nerf. Hello, mate. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. From Education good, good. and Bass. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Just been kind of showing Nerf around the, around the disco shed. Love it. It's Love bit... it. It reminds me of a, a school disco that I was once banned from <laughs> that I had to sneak into. It's... Uh... I love it. I love it's, it. It's, it's not as grotty as drum and bass in I'm here. Getting, it's not, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting the whole. I feel to put on some ABBA. To be honest with you, that's the sort of vibe. I should have bought my 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 ABBA bootleg. If um, you feel like wearing breaking it, if you feel like wearing a hat, there's hats down there, and there's fancy dress. Don't tempt me, mate. We've I'll, got we've got we've got we've got the uh, you've got the. Uh, if this had but, if this had something a bit stronger in it, I'd already have the fancy dress on. But I, with, uh, look, the, there's the over there is the uh, is the Mad Hatter, and it's got like pink, yeah orange hair. That might suit you. I do, I do have a tendency to just have the urge to put that on, so I think I will. Do we in the chat? Do we think he should wear a hat? Do we think he should get him, get him in the hat? Let us know if you want to. If you want to see him in the chat, I think they will. First, co- first question: coffee or tea? Coffee. And I've got tea. Together, <laughs> we are cough tea. Cough tea. Toffee. Toffee. I mean, this, this could just go on for hours. Um, how are you, mate? How's the, how has the last 18 months been? How's lockdown been? And how's what's going on? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Um, it's been quite sad to see the way the music industry's sort of gone. Um, well, now now it's gone boom, but yeah. but during that period was it was quite tough. You know, we've got a lot of close friends in the music industry that, that sort of struggled. You know, um, myself personally, being a, a a studio hermit for so many years, the whole lockdown thing, I was kind of quite unfazed by it. Yeah, yeah, I was okay. I I spend a lot of time on my own. You know, um, and even my missus said to me, she's going, you know what? I didn't actually realize how much like you just don't leave the house. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go and do the weekly shopping stuff and then I just work from home anyway, you know, with the education and base work, but then even the studios at home, everything's at home. So I was okay. Yeah, there was times where I thought my head was going to explode, I had to go for a walk, but in general, hmm, okay. Yeah, we were the same. We were like, we were like, I've worked from home for 10 years, so... Uh, kind of used to it. Lockdown. I was using Zoom for two years before that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like... It, Okay, what's new? I bet you felt a little bit like protective over it. That's my Zoom. <laughs> now, now four billion people are using it all of a sudden. Why? For those that don't know who you are, just give us the kind of origin story, little blast, and I can. While you do that, I'm going to check, make sure social media is happening and all the all the shouts are happening, so we can get loads of more people in here. Sweet. So my background. So I have been active as an artist in the music industry for, oh, I'd say almost twenty four years now. So. The, the late 90s, I um, first started to DJ in clubs. I was only 16. So I had, I had my first set of decks at the age of 14, learnt my craft. Then at the age of 15, started working in the record shop up to my 20s. But during that period, I started to DJ in clubs as a young jungle drum and bass DJ. I DJed at like Hysteria, Helter Skelter, Pure X, One Nation. Proper name dropping, and I? Some, <laughs> some of them don't really exist anymore. Now, a disclaimer. I was in like room three, you know, not like main room stuff. I was a kid. Yeah. Um, probably DJing to just the bar staff and a couple of drunk people um, floating about. But yeah. what I learned was um, 
was invaluable really it was um that 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 whole sort of experience and the environment um was really important to me you know sort of growing up as an aspiring dj not many people had that opportunity um during that period i got the bug so about 18 i started to produce um got my first studio set up which was a an akai sampler s2000 it was with a, a dodgy jog wheel that kept skipping the start point of my beats that was really annoying a couple of reverb units a compressor a little mixing desk and stuff and i i attempted to make music it's quite difficult trying to make drum and bass like the drum and bass that i love to play because it sounded like nothing like it, it was really disheartening <laughs> but i didn't know what i was doing you know it wasn't like now that you know quite ironically i work i work for a, a company that teaches people how to make music back then i would have loved someone like me or you know, my colleague Andrew to show me the ropes and, and bring me up to speed quicker than what it took me. So anyway, during that period, I um, started to make grime because a friend of mine said, you know what, there's this new music in London called grime. We should give it a shot. Around the same time, first sort of, uh, I don't know, first sort of version of a, what, what would be known to be a digital audio workstation would come around and it was uh, music on the PlayStation. Yeah. And that was my first ever, like sort of, you know, looking back on it first ever sort of like door kind of thing that I ever used. And it, and it kind of taught me a lot, um, attack, decay, sustain, release, all the little kind of little fundamental things or the rudiments of, uh, music production. Um, soon after that followed reason by Propellerhead, And that's when I started to make grime properly. And, um, I made music in that as well. Yeah. I used to sit on a train going into London to go when I was working at turn mills and I made, made, made tracks in reason. Yeah. Reason. That's was cool reason. It was the first door, and still now it's falling. <clears throat> still, it's, it's 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 grown. You know, there isn't. Um, it's you know, it's up there with the likes of Ableton and the other doors. You know, it's uh, so that that was my then um, that really helped sculpt the grime sound because grime was in its very early stages, and we just stumbled across this sound, and um, it kicked off really quickly. We we made really good friends with Slimzy Plastician connected up with Wiley and Dizzy Rascal. You know, we was there in the thick of it. We was the only crew from outside of London that actually had any sort of credibility in grime, you know, then because it, it was so London focused and we mm. was just from the outside in Bedford. And there was a crew of about 20 of us. So we'd done all the rounds on the pirate stations, spent many a night at the top of a multi-story in London, mostly in Bow or around them areas. Um, and yeah, that's where we made some really good friends. I, I still speak to Slimzy now, you know, Plastician's still there. Still got a lot of links. So I had a really good time with that. A couple of number ones in one extra chart. We was actually the first crew from outside of London, I believe, to go on one extra, one of the first crews. Um, when was this? That's like 17, 18 years ago. Wow. On one extra, yeah. So that's 2003, yeah. four, yeah. that deserves a, what is it? You want the, which one you want the rave on? Oh, the, the Hulk smash. We'll give it, we'll give it another go blast. <laughs> yeah, 18 years ago, one extra. So yeah, so um, that um, kind of was a really good time. You know, we, we, we made a lot of links. We had no idea what we was doing. We was just thrown in at the deep end. It was great. And that went on for quite a few years. But, you know, as time went on, um, my production started to change. I started to kind of bring in the more drum and bass influence that I, I, I've always loved. I've always been a jungle drum and bass kid, you know, whatever musical path I've taken, jungle drum and bass always been the back of my ear, you know? So 
what I was making wasn't really grime anymore. And the whole crew thing kind of fell apart. People moved on, different things popped up for them. So they pursued them. And I was kind of just left there, me just making music. So I was still under the Macabre Unit name. So I don't think I mentioned that. Basically, yeah, the crew was called Macabre Unit. And I, I was always known as Rafa Demon or Raf or Demon because I used to like dark music, play heavy music. So I thought, right, what do I do here? So I carried on, I, I, I sort of carried on making what I'm making and uh, I come across dubstep. Dubstep was quite in its early stages. Um, so I thought, hmm, this sounds a bit more like the sort of thing that I'm kind of making now, sort of. Took me a couple of years to find my feet and then I had a quite a big release on Boca Records. That was under the Macabre unit name still. And it was a track called Ghost, Road to Nowhere and Fantasy. Three, three pretty different tracks, but Ghost was quite quite a big track. Um, and then I thought, you know what, I need to pursue this a bit more. And I just took on the Demon name. So I was known as Demon through my whole sort of dubstep sort of career, let's say. Soon after that, I started my own label, Macabre Unit Digital, because the stuff I was making, it really fit with other labels, you know, mm -hmm. it was all... Because, you know, the whole dubstep thing, the roots of it was very dub orientated. And I was coming from this whole sort of synthetic drum and bass kind of background vibe. And I was mixing the two. And I don't think people really know what to do with it. And <laughs> I'd send it to DJs and they'd be like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, so I started my own label and I connected up with a bunch of other producers that um, that kind of were, were on a similar vibe to me. There was loads of them sort of just almost like waiting for this to sort of come up. And then I, 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 I made noise about the label and it just kicked off straight away it was huge and the likes of biome uh, endred versa occult uh annex catacombs it was loads of us that were making this sort of dungeon type of sounds and also massive massive shout to leon switch as well because he, he he played a huge part in in the dungeon sound he for me he was the dungeon sound we come from a bit more of a heavier sort of gnarlier sort of back background so it got a bit more sort of energetic let's say in that sense, but that that whole sort of side of the scene, it took me and my friends on the record label. We done we done label tours and everything. I toured the world a few times. I say the world, mostly Europe, <laughs> and um, and a couple of North American tours as well, which was absolutely great. And it was awesome. You know, um, the the record label still going now is sixty releases deep. Is there any that original? Is there any that? music online now can we listen to it all of it yeah yeah if you how, search how do, how do we listen like we want to listen to this on this music oh cool so how do we do this so like the macabre unit digital yeah yeah but it, um, they don't do labels on spotify so it's you it'd be the artist but you have to search demon and yeah listen there's there's one track actually if you want to check out my they're track saying, they're saying demon parachutes harvest is saying let's just shout oh yeah people. parachute wow you lot are pulling out that i you know what i made so much music in that period that I forget about a lot of it. Let's show some people. Becky Safe's in the house. Hey, Becky. Yeah, big up, big up. How you doing? Um, yeah, I want to listen to some of this music, mate. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, what is this you music? You know what? What is, what is this? Like, all those words of genres you were saying, I'm like, I have no idea I've what this is. I've got one tune, yeah. There's one tune that I really liked that, that was just I'm so... Ah, oh, do you know what? Check out my tune, Cardiac Attack. You've that come out on a compilation <sighs> and get darker. But if you... That, that was... Do you know what? That was one of them tunes, you know, like... Because kind of as a producer, you'd always make the odd tune that you listen to and you think, I didn't make that. That's, 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 not, not even to say this is an egotistical, that's just too good. But not, yeah, I, I suppose there's no way of me saying it without sounding okay. like. There we go, here it is. But, 
Yeah, no, so you big, you big up, mate. It's, you you uh, are yeah. Got, stick uh, on uh, the own, uh, your, own your wins, man. And um, and basically, just yeah, just just um, you know, quickly before you play it. So I I made it, and I was like, it was so different to anything I was making at the time. I was like, flipping it. How did I do that? So I sent it to Scream, and Scream was like, yo, I, he dropped it on Radio One straight away. Got signed to a Get Darker compilation. Mm-hmm. I actually remember flying to. Uh, I think the Bahamas for my sister's wedding. I remember showing my dad at the airport a CD. And my dad's like old school Italian. Yeah, like, you know, he's, he's looking at his CD thinking, what's this? I was like, that's my tune, dad. He was like, <laughs> in Italian, he might have some words to me. He's going to say, yeah, nice one, mate. So, yeah, um, really, that, that, that tune there, Cardiac Attack, was a standout tune for me. And I actually, it's one of them tunes that I wish I'd made now because mm. the mix would be a hell of a lot better. So, excuse the mix, but he's like 12, 13 years old. But, the, the tune is just like, it could be made now and just sit, you know, it's just one of them. So, yeah. Guardi Ma says, your son, he is a, is a success. <laughs> <laughs> He's like this, uh, well done, uh, Raphael, uh, bravo, bravo. Uh, I've got a bunch of the early Get Darker on Wax too, says Harvest. And I yeah. thought Get Darker Get Dark was only a streaming thing. I had no idea it was a label too. Yeah, it was a, it did it did compilations. So I, I believe they had some vinyl releases, but they did do some compilations that were in collaboration with uh Oh, you need to here we go. I'm not sure if it's drum and bass arena or something like that. But yeah, anyway, they they um yeah, the, the compilations, they were called This Is Dubstep, volume one, volume two, and volume three, I think. Wow. What oh. year was that? Boy, you're looking uh what 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 we now, twenty twenty one. I'd say gotta be like two thousand and eight. Wow, okay. Something like that. This is Dubstep Volume 1. That's what this track was on. I think I had a track on Volume 2. I can't wow. actually remember. That's mad. Yeah. Because we, we had we had uh, we were having Dubstep parties on in Terminals at, at that time, around yeah, that time, yeah, yeah. really early. And we were like, me, me and the gang were like, what is that music playing upstairs? Like, <laughs> like, like as we obviously we are, we're, 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 we were all very house and techno. And we were like, yeah. what is this mad music playing upstairs? And we were like just going upstairs and going, because it was in like well, this tiny room upstairs. Always. Like, dubstep tini- room always a little room. Tiny room. little room upstairs. And, like, we had, and they were like, it was packed in there. Like, You know what? It's mad because dubstep, like most of the, the, the dates I did on my US tour were like in a basement somewhere in New York and Brooklyn or the Spanish Harlem or something. And it was always like <laughs> 100 to 150 people and it was low ceiling and it was just, yeah. it was a perfect environment for it. And I remember... I played in Denver and it was a last minute thing. We got asked to play in the main room at Cervantes. There was about 2,000 people in there. <laughs> and me and my mate Paddy Bio, and we was on the stage with this little table right in the middle playing these tunes. And because they were expected to hear a different sort of more American sound, when we come with our deeper, darker stuff, it was kind of not going off and not. And me and Paddy was like, get me off this stage, man. It was an amazing experience and opportunity, but... For the, the the sound that we played, I just feel the more intimate, smaller crowds, it just went off, you know, rather than the big ones. Cool. Right. Let's, uh, I want to hear this music. Yeah. Give it a blast, man. It? Yeah, absolutely. I know this in years. All right.
That was mental. <laughs> Do you know what? It, it kind of gave me, well, it kind of, it did give me goosebumps listening to that because it was just, um, you know what? I was still at that sort of innocent phase of music production. Like, as you can hear from the mix, like, it's, you know, there's not much EQing going there. It's not very defined. It's just lumped together and it just worked. Do you know what I mean? And And a part of me misses that because now, you know, especially with being an educator, I'm so critical and so like you know everything's just got to be so right with everything but then something like that is just thrown together is vibe <laughs> first and you know the mix i got lucky with it and that's that's not a great mix it sounds nice and weighty and stuff but compared to stuff you hear now you know it's, it's not got a lot of definition in that but I didn't even think about that. That wasn't like, oh, I need to tweak the mix on that before sending it to Scream for Radio 1. <laughs> I just lumped it together and just went, I'm feeling that. I didn't even check check it, nothing. Just went out and, yeah, it just worked. And this, um, that's how a lot of it, because that, that, that was still built with the whole grime mentality. Like, because coming off the back of grime, I could make like five, six, seven tunes a week with grime, throw stuff together and get right. it out there and it would just go off. Um, so I, I kind of carried that mentality into the dubstep side of things. And then as the sort of bar with dubstep was getting, you know, raised a bit higher, some of the people I was working with were working a bit differently. I learned from them. And then, you know, I started to sort of uh, tidy things up a bit more and get a bit more sort of cleaner with my sound. And now um, it takes me about two months to make a tune because I've gone into <laughs> full-blown scientist mode. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But... But I love it. Now I look at it in a very different way. Music production is is um, it's all a learning curve. The entire thing, every single time I sit in the studio, it's all about learning. So, you said you were making those tracks five six a week, like, mm. and people were people were after them. Was that because the kind of scene was growing and there was not much music around, well, and, and it was like everyone was hungry for more of it, and it was like right if you were throwing them out, five, made it, just nah, made them... you know what? It was it was nothing really really to do with that. It was it was the grime aspect of it was it was just how it was we was just knocking out tune after tune after tune when i went on one extra i don't know if the track list is still online i've actually posted it on my instagram before but i might have removed it now because I, I kind of clean it up every now and then the insta but the track list for the one extra takeover that we did like 18 years ago if you look at the track list there's about 30 tunes and they're all macabre unit there's a, a couple in there I think a plastician track or digital mystery track, all of them were either made by me or by my friend Niner. And, and that's just how it was. And they were all cut onto dub plate as well. <laughs> Expensive times, but but that's that's sort of how it was. And and honestly, them tracks used to consist of honestly like six or seven channels. Mm. Drums, bit of percussion, crazy square bass, a little melody line, maybe a little sample. That's your lot. Now <laughs> Mate, I'm dealing with like 60, 70 channels. I can't see the wood for the trees. I don't know what's going on. My, my, my drum bus is like an album. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, but that's that's progression. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's all good. But um, yeah, the, the grime stuff still, I actually quite, quite madly as well. Andrew tagged me in Scream's Instagram story where he was playing one of our old grime tracks in his set. Scream, nice. The other day, you know, and it was a, uh, track called Demna Ready Yet, which was actually produced by Nainar, who is my sort of partner in crime there. But that was actually a, a, a track that was, it's known as Taurus, because that was the the released name, but a track Demna Ready, and the other side was called Take Time, which are, Take Time's a bit of an anthem. People still hit me up now and they go, oh man, grime tunes, unbelievable. 
And I think there's something in that. It was the, the innocence of that production. It was it was everything then. You know. Skelenki says the naive years of making music are always the best. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. The innocence, the naiveness, the the not even loading up an EQ on a channel. Not even using an EQ in the tune. Literally just throwing sounds together. If it worked, it worked. You'd probably balance them with some volume control. That was it. it the, the basses would be in stereo. I mean, if, if you said to a producer now, your bass is in stereo, you would probably offend them and they would probably leave the building <laughs> because it's a big no-no having your sub bass in stereo. But, but then it was just what it was because I didn't know what mono in stereo was. I just thought that sounds good. Get it in there. <laughs> that was it. And that's, that's how it worked, you know? Ah, oh, Nominee's here. Hello. Nominee. Hello, mate. How are you? Yes, Captain. What else is they saying? Uh, oh, Lib says, take it the stems and project file for that one is long gone. What, for Cardiac Attack? Yes, that uh, perished along with my Hewlett Packard PC that it was made on. Wow. I think my brother-in-law might still have My brother-in-law, bless him, he, 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 he always keeps little things and he surprised me with a few things. Like he might have it. Stems, I mean, God, we wouldn't even know. What would I make that on? That was on Reason. No, it's Cubase rewired to Reason. That's what I was working on then. Oh, God, yeah, I don't even know what the stems would look like. Probably a Fender. They were on a floppy disk somewhere. <laughs> on a MIDI disk, what we used to talk about. Yeah. On, a, on, a, on a DAT or something, I don't even know. But yeah. So, yeah. so when were we up to? So where up to, when were we up to there? Like yes, we were up to the dubstep 2008, side. 2008, we're up to. Yeah, so the dubstep side of things. So Tell me what happened after that. So after the touring and everything with the whole the whole Maccabi unit digital side of things, um, I don't know. I kind of just felt a bit frustrated with the whole dubstep thing, the DJing side of things. I don't know. I don't know if I just got a bit older and stuff, and I needed to just switch things up. And you know, I've known I've known Andrew uh, Nominate, aka Outrage, for for over twenty five years. We grew up in the same town together. And although we've known each other and always sort of stayed in touch musically, we went on very different journeys. So he hit me up about about six years ago and uh, he goes, look, Raph, I've got this idea for a thing called Education and Bass. Um, then it wasn't a website, it wasn't anything. It was a concept called Education and Bass that he wanted to take to clubs in the day and fire up a projector screen, laptop, little MIDI controller, invite people down, tell them to bring some USBs of their music, we give them feedback on their music. We might even go into some practical stuff. So it's still along the line of music education mm -hmm. because Andrew was a HE lecturer for a number of years. So, he, you know, that that kind of was something that he wanted to do, you know, like off his own back and start his own little thing. So it started in a, a place called Cafe 1001, I believe. Brick Lane? Yeah. Yeah. Started there. And do you know what? The first one we did, I'll never forget that day. It was perfect. <laughs> I, don't know, I, sound like, I'm I thought he was going to say I shit myself <laughs> I, well, no, I, was, I, was, I was quite nervous because it was uh, all very new to me like I, I, I you know I kind of fell into this whole teaching side of things but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking up at the sky then like yeah, it was perfect like, <laughs> beautiful day but it really was like the turnout was amazing there were some people there as well that unfortunately aren't even with us no more. There was, the, the, the weather was beautiful. There was a barbecue outside. It was absolutely awesome. And that that was it. You know, from then we just kept doing them events. And, um, you know, as time sort of went on, people wanted to sort of know where they could see more of us and where, you know, where, where can we watch some tutorials or, you know, want to learn more. So it got Andrew thinking and that's where the whole concept for the website come along. So 
during that period myself, I was still sort of making dubstep, still making grime and, and starting to sort of tinker with drum and bass because the whole thing with me and drum and bass, I have got heroes in the drum and bass scene. I've got people that imprinted on me at a very young age that I admire and look up to. And that if I met them, I would be a bit like, you know, and I'm, I'm quite a confident person, you know, <laughs> but so, you know, and that's not to say that I don't have heroes or respect people in dubstep and grime. You know, I don't necessarily would say that I've got heroes in them genres, but I've got people that I definitely respect and admire, but in drum and bass, I've got people that are heroes to me. So I needed to make drum and bass that would at least be standing up close to what they're doing. And I couldn't do that for a number of years till I got my skill set up. During this period that the whole education and bass thing was kicking off, I started to get a bit more into the drum and bass and sort of messing around with it. But it was only up until probably about three, two to three years ago, I really made a conscious effort to think, right, I need to really knuckle down on this whole drum and bass thing. And it took me a while because the whole thing with music production and anyone will tell you, it's a confidence thing. It's confidence, not not confidence as a, as a person, but with with being in the studio, being in the actual studio and, and being confident with your sounds and mixes and throwing stuff down. And, you know, being an educator and being presented with the opportunity to be to be a teacher and somebody that works for education and base just absolutely just helped me no end because you know just like i was saying everything that i was doing with grime and dubstep i was just doing it i didn't know what i was really doing i didn't know that if i turn <laughs> like well, well i was basically like turn this this dial this dial and do that and it does this but then with being an educator i can't have to tell people what that dial is and what that does and why it does that mm -hmm. you know so I had to kind of really um get kind of a the music theory and actually the understanding behind what everything does so that obviously made me a much better producer therefore I can make more of the music that I wanted to make which is drum and bass which is a, a kind of more tech step technical side of drum and bass I've actually got a couple of tracks that are forthcoming uh, on my own label that's dropping in a couple of weeks so see what i've been up to um skelenki says name drop those heroes oh straight up yeah so kamal who is uh one half of conflict kamal for me is yeah that for me sound wise and now this is purely my own opinion some people might not agree but he for me is up there <laughs> then we've got optical and we've got dillinger there's there's a few others but the the top three people because basically the sound that took me that actually took my soul was the virus sound. There's an LP called the Wormhole LP by Optical and Ed Rush. That it's giving me goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> that defines me as a, not even as a musician, probably as a human. And like, I swear to God, like, yeah, if, if you're not aware, which you probably are, go and check out the Wormhole LP. I still listen to it frequently now after 20 years of it being released, you know. So... Thank you, Seth. Agrees with you. Yeah, it... <laughs> It's, it's just an unbelievable thing. And Kamal, I mean, there's something about Kamal as a producer in his own right. Now, the reason I say Kamal and not Conflict, because, because Conflict also were absolutely amazing together, but take Kamal out of Conflict and you've still got that Conflict sound. So that's why Kamal was the guy, but he was just in and still is in his own lane. And I don't think anyone has ever been able to sort of put a finger on how he used to get what he does. And people will, will try and emulate the virus sound and, 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 and do that stuff. I do as well. And, you know, you could kind of get your head around it. Opticals just still untouchable with his, with his mid-range bases and stuff. But Kamal is like, Whoa, what's going on here? What sorcery is this, you know? 
for me, in my own, my own personal opinion. So anyway, if I get too deep into that, I need to, I need to bring it back in a little bit because I'm going a bit too Kamal deep right now. <laughs> um, so so basically, yeah. So you know, the last the last three years, I've been kind of you know working towards getting my drum and bass right, along with still sort of dipping my toe in the dubstep, but the drum and bass has pulled me more and more towards towards it. And um, yeah, so bring it up to sort of recent times. I I had my first because I. I did a lot of self-releases under my own um, label, which is just called Nerve Music. It's up to release number eight is scheduled for the 3rd of September, which is dropping. But I kind of put that out there to firstly just, just get some music out there, just get some drum and bass out there, get the name circulating, get my confidence up, sort of tinker with different sorts of sounds because I've got such a sort of, I, I will literally go from sound to sound, you know, mm. whatever sort of takes me, you know. And so I wanted to sort of test things out and I'm slowly sort of finding my lane. And, and um, I, I had um, the honor of releasing on Backlash Recordings, which is Outrage's label. Um, and that dropped in July. And the walkthrough we're gonna go through today is actually one of the tracks from there called Apocalypse. And it, it, it got put out there and it got picked up by Drum and Bass Arena, done a feature on it. And, and the, the other track that it's backed with, um, the Apocalypse track is actually, got um an mc on it called gq that some of you might know of and the uh, story behind that is that i actually just sampled him off youtube i had this whole concept of making a track with a ravey sort of intro and it's got him introducing the next dj and yeah the whole concept behind it is basically to do with the, the intros like a rave and then it drops into some crazy like heavy stuff and um you know so andrew said to me look why don't we just reach out to gq and ask him if uh he you know, we could do it as an official feature. And he was like, yeah, sure. So we did. So it's an official feature with GQ. It's quite <coughs> nice. Nice. Have it out there. So yeah, that's out now on Backlash, a track called Mike Drop featuring GQ and a track called Apocalypse. Both of them tracks are just a, a tip of the hat to the late 90s, early noughties. That is my a sound that I hold close to my heart, the tech step sound. I just absolutely love it, but I try and give it a fresh lick of paint, you know. Should we play one of those? Yeah, go for it, go for Which it. Which one you want to play? Um, you do you know what? Play... Play Apocalypse because that is that's just sure. me. Yeah, yeah, that's just a, that's yeah. There's something about that track. Like, I love the GQ one, but Apocalypse just um, yeah. I don't know there's something about it. <laughs> right. So let's play this Apocalypse. Let's go. Yeah. Banging. Thank you. Uh, what are they saying in the chat? That ride symbol, mm. fire, uh, the atmosphere on it too. The resonance is in that is perfectionist standard. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
I'll put that on that one, go on that one. I think there's the that... movement, you know, the movement in the bass where it's like, ow, I, I purposely wanted to achieve that sound. That's my little nod to, to optical because uh, that's something that I really love about his music, just the, the whole movement and stuff. I think you should get the rave on. <laughs> and maybe a whole we love, yeah. we love the Hulk in here. Look, we've, got we Hulk, we've got little Hulks everywhere, look. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for the kind words. The the the, the resonance and the filter were, were automated very carefully that I didn't rip my ears out um, as well on that base. So yeah, thank you for, for commenting on that. Um, so let's talk some more education about this. I thought yeah. what I'd do is I'd, I can do a little, we can do a little screen share. If we yeah, sure. if we squeeze in, we can kind of, because you're just, you're if you come this way, a little, okay. little we'll squeeze. We'll huddle we, up. We can huddle up and just kind of get in. And then you can uh, give us a little guided round the old, round the old, what's going on? Yeah, so. Look, we've got a little guided round. Cool. So tell us about it, tell us. So education and bass, as you can see there from the. Uh, I'll squeeze that way. Statement. Squeeze this way a bit. There you go. Oh, no, there you go. You're oh, all right. We go. we go over here. Here we go. We'll cut up. There you are. I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> So as you can see from the um, you know the statement there, online live workshops and international tours, artist development, opportunities and success. We are music educators. This is what we do. In essence, we love to share knowledge. So, you know, Andrew, the founder, nominate AKA Outrage. This is his brainchild, and basically, you know, it is it's been set up to share. Firstly, all of our first hand music industry experience and knowledge. Myself alone, 23 to 24 years. Andrew, 25, 26 years. So just between me and him, we've got 50 years of experience. In total, all of our tutors, we have about 20 of us, it's over mad, 300 years. We've got mad people in there now. Yeah, we've got a, such an amazing selection of tutors and more waiting in the wings as well to come on board because we just, you know, although, you know, I'm I'm mostly a drum and bass head, dubstep, grime. You know, we we have Mouse, for example. She makes pop. Nasha nice. makes dubstep. You know, we've got DJ Rap that straddles drum and bass. She's done a bit of everything. You know, we've got False Relation, liquid drum and bass. We've got artists that are doing different stuff. We have Occult that's like live sort of techno stuff, hip hop, nice. dub techno. We are open to 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 tutors and educators from from all sort of walks of the music industry, if you will. Along with sharing the music industry knowledge, the one thing that we kind of have that sets us aside from a lot of quote unquote competitors, let's say, in because it's, you know, there's a, a lot of people doing music tutorials, let's say, is that we have a very strong link to academia as well. So, you know, for example, Andrew was a um, HE lecturer for seven years. You know, he's got a, a degree in teaching, he's got a master's. A lot of our instructors have a master's in, in, in music production. You know, they, they've been through the academic journey. A lot of them are teachers. A lot of them are still teaching now at secondary school. They're teaching at FE level and at HE level. So everything we do has a combination of both music industry and academia and when it's got right and it comes together, whether it's online or in person, because we do both. Of course, the last 18 months have seen us restricted to online, but we've managed to sort of, you know, convert it to being online seamlessly. And we love the whole in-person thing. That's, that's something that we absolutely buzz off. But basically what you kind of see with education and base 
front-facing is the subscription model where we have over 2,000 music production tutorials. The subscription model because it's of a monthly subscription or an annual subscription. But I think we should start with this really because cool. this is our flagship course. So the EBRSL graded syllabus. Now, this has come about from a partnership with, if I just scroll down here, yeah. okay. with an awarding body called RSL. Sick. Rock School Awards. They are an official awarding body, which means that we can deliver internationally recognized qualifications via courses on our website. That's this is one of the courses. Yeah, we are, we are the first of our kind, solely an online platform to do it. We're the first of our kind to do it. And we're the first of our kind to partner with an absolute huge entity like Rock School Awards. So we basically spent a lot of time putting together this monster of a course. The course itself, it consists of like 100 hours of learning. It's over 42 weeks. And basically it will put you through the grades level one to three, mm -hmm. which is, I think, and then, and then grades one to eight as well. So, you know, at, um, at further education level, it's levels one to three. That's the equivalent. So grade one to eight is what we deliver. The FE equivalent is level one to three. Sick. So it's an actual, this is what you would go to college for. This ain't some like internal, um, you know, thing that we say, oh, you know, well done. There's a sort of certificate. This is a, a, a very seriously taken internationally recognized qualification that you could get a job in the music industry with. It's a known thing. Along, along with that, yeah. I mean, the course is well an done. absolute, yeah. You've added that since I last week. That's well done, man. Oh yeah, this this took a long time, and you know, I I played um, a, a small part in the in the in the putting together. There's you know, there's Andrew and Lee. Massive, massive shout out to Lee as well, who put so much work into this beast of a course. Like, and you know what? It's 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 level one to three, but it's, it's, it surpasses that. You know, we always go above and beyond here at Education and Base to to do a lot more than what's required or what we do, because that's just how we are as people, you know, and and we're very passionate about what we do. And the work that goes on behind the scenes, you know, with a, a very small team that we have, I, I, I salute, you know, my colleagues because they absolutely smash it. And it's um, amazing to see it unfold. We've currently got about 35 people taking this course at the moment. We've enrolled three times for it. For 35 to 40, maybe 45, I don't know the exact numbers, but we have a good number of people going through this course. And I, I, I have the honour and the privilege of, of being able to watch some of this content being on the other side of the fence. And it is, it's amazing. It's more than just learning how to make beats. This is the real deal. And, um, you know, it's... it's um, it's quite an honour to be a part of it. I think because we're kind of in the thick of it, we don't actually see how huge it really is, you know. And um, along with that, we we also deliver diplomas as well. And we also looking at vocational qualifications too. Um, so we have a very good relationship with Rock School Awards. Big up to Rock School, big up Dan and all the crew. And um, yeah, we, we are building on that relationship to provide good music education because you know um, i don't know how much you're aware or if you read the news and whatnot music education um and music technology seems to take quite a knock and 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 has done over the years and it has continued to 
and is going to be. But we're there. We're there to pick up the pieces, if you will, and provide provide music education of the highest level. As simple as that. You know, I'm not I'm not here trying to trying to big it up. It is what it is. Myself and the education and base team live and breathe this. This is what we do for a living. This is what keeps a roof over our head, you know. And it's it's more than just it's it's a whole a whole thing. We're just very passionate about helping people and most importantly, give people opportunities. Cause that's that's what life's all about, you know. We come from like I, I, I left school at the age of 15. I got nothing. I had no GCSEs, no nothing. Yeah. And to be in the position I am now, to be able to share my knowledge and be involved and around people that have got masters, that have got teaching degrees, it's amazing, you know. And same with Andrew, he left school. He he went back and done a master's, you know, and, and got everything he needed. He took it upon himself to teach himself because the education system in the UK, sadly, it's a bit broken, you know. So we just try and do what we can. And yeah, that's what the EBRSL is. That's just one thing there. But that 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 is our flagship course. It's an absolute beast. And um, we're very, very proud of it. As you could probably see, I'm going quite deep, man. <laughs> but sucking up all, all of G's like airtime and stuff. On it. it's, um, <laughs> we're good, we're good. It's amazing. It, it, it really is. But yeah, feel free to check it out. It's on the website. You can find it. It's there, the EBRSL. Check it out. If you've got any questions, if you fancy it, drop us an email. We can talk about it. It's um, There's a lot there. Please if do you, check it if out. If you're watching this back on YouTube, the link will be in the card, but in the, in the information below. Big up, G. Right. Um, before we do this track breakdown, on my YouTube channel, we can squeeze out of it now. <laughs> we can reshuffle. Getting a bit, getting a bit. It's getting bit toasty. To it was getting a bit toasty. I was, I was, I was <laughs> touching <laughs> G's leg, and I, I don't know if he was he kept looking at me, and I thought, I think, I think he might, might be enjoying it, but I think I might be pushing it. I think, I mean, banana nearly went off. <laughs> boom, boom. What does that deserve? Uh... You can have a raise. <laughs> banana I didn't, I didn't i didn't just say that we'll, we'll ignore that we got we got whoa what's that mic yeah we've got more mics so you can you can spit some check check one two you don't want me spitting bars that that's a whole different story right okay um let's have a drink um you wanted to play a new track right play um 32 lies okay right let me just boot this up this is out on the 3rd of september by the way I this is that. out on the 3rd of September on all, Let's uh, switch music everywhere, to everywhere, stream, everywhere. Yeah, this is an exclusive, really, because um, I don't, I haven't posted it nowhere. So yeah, it's an exclusive. All right, we won't play it all then. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Play it. Oh, there we go. That's the view we want. But, but you'd have to play a little bit of the second drop because it's got a little extra little bass in it. I quite Should like. Should I play it from the start? Yeah. It's okay, good. It's all good. Drop it. There we go. There we go. That definitely gets the raise. 